The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Yes. So we have a little bit of time for questions. Um, um, let's uh, do the mics from hand to hand. So um, just a little uh, demonstration on the mics. So the mics are pretty sensitive and you have to hold them pretty close. It's also helpful to speak right into the top of the microphone like this. If you do this, it's not quite as loud. And if you're doing this, <laughs> gesturing with your hands, you really can't hear it. So, so, but there's a difference even here to here. So you see how, how sensitive it is. <laughs> So questions, questions about this practice. Anything you noticed that might be a little different or unusual? Yeah. So you mentioned uh, not to, to be like, not to direct our awareness. I wonder what exactly you meant and why is it recommended not to direct it? So this is, uh, this is this particular style of practice that I'm teaching today. Um, um, did you come in a little bit late? Um, yeah, okay. So um, um, in most meditation practices, you are choosing to pick an experience to be aware of and then letting your attention go there. And then if it's not there, you would come back. So that cultivates a kind of stability of mind and a concentration and a mindfulness. In this practice, inspired by my teacher, Sayadaw Utejaniya, um, the practice is, is more um, to cultivate a stability of mindfulness so that the... And, and this practice that we're doing is... Um, um, available whether we are sitting in meditation or uh, in our daily lives. If we're in our daily lives, if we're driving a car, if we're washing the dishes, you know, it's helpful to allow the attention to take in more than just the breath, for example. And so this practice that I'm offering is, is the same practice either on the cushion or off the cushion. So the, and I have found for, for myself that the the form of practice um, to not direct the attention has been very um, supportive for the deepening of my meditation practice, actually. Because there are times when, if we are choosing what to pay attention to, we are missing something else. So the, the, um, this is a particular style of meditation, so I'm encouraging you to play with this not directing the attention today. But it's just one form of meditation. I wouldn't say it's better than another form. It has different strengths. Uh, the, the directing the attention to one experience has its strengths as a, as a practice. This has its own strengths. And so this is, this is what I'm offering today. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
I just have another question. Okay. So what, what happens when your awareness is on something negative, like a negative thought or pain, and by, by watching it and keeping it there and not trying to direct it, you're experiencing more of that, and that could intensify it? So, the, so, so this is a, a great question. Uh, at the beginning, um, well, let's just say um, the first thing to explore is whether you can know, okay, so there's a painful body sensation. And the relationship to that is that I don't like it. So, you know, you can know that. So the, the, the mind can be aware, yep, okay, there's this painful experience in the knee and I don't like it. If the mind can be okay with that, knowing this is happening and I don't like it, there's a kind of a balance of mind that's taking that entire experience in. And so that's fine. You know, you don't particularly need to change, your, uh, change the, um, the object or, or cha- take your attention away from that experience. There are times in this practice when the attention gets pulled to something that um, is, let's say, um, kind of stronger than our ability to have that balanced attention with. Um, so it's, that's happening and I don't like it and I hate this and why am I doing this? And you know, the, we basically get lost in it as opposed to being able to be aware of it. If that is happening then it's useful to pick something else to pay attention to. So we may have to direct our attention to something else in that case. But give yourself an opportunity to see if you can know, yep, that's happening and I don't like it and that's what I'm aware of. Before you um, just flat out say, oh, that's not a good thing to pay attention to because, because I don't like it, can you be aware of the not liking and have some measure of, yeah, actually, that's, I can know that. I can know that that's happening and I don't like it. So there's a little bit of, of, of um, let's say, um, wisdom that we cultivate around recognizing when something is, uh, let's say, too strong, and the momentum of a particular difficulty is stronger than our capacity to be mindful of it. So when we are able to be mindful of it with this kind of balanced attitude, it's not a problem that we're aware of it. It's just unpleasant. You know, so, th- so this, is, this is something that we begin to recognize. So this unpleasantness is happening. We don't like unpleasant. We tend to think that that's a problem. But it can just be, oh, there's something unpleasant and I don't like it. And that's not a problem. So it's a, that's, that's just a little, a little bit with that. Yeah, I'll talk more about working with difficulty later. Yeah, this yeah. is helpful. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Oh, we can c- come over here first, and then who is over here? Okay. Along the same lines, um, my biggest challenge has been sort of the the agitation, and even the guided one does not help. So I know it's aversion. And I know that it's going to disappear. (laughs) But I still continue to feel agitation. And I keep saying, just like you said, okay, I'm aware of this. Okay, I'm aware that I want to move my leg. I'm aware that that noise. I'm aware that, oh gosh, I just was on a train. But the agitation, especially the physicalness of it, does not 
stop. Okay, so there's there's a couple things going on. There's some kind of specific experiences of wanting to move your leg, the thinking you were on the train and all of that. And then there's a broader experience of the general agitation. And that also we can know. Um, so there's, this, is, this is something, this is a big part of, of what I, um, I recognized as I studied with Sayadaw Utejaniya was that, that certain objects were more kind of familiar with being aware of, you know, specific experience, like, you know, this body sensation or that sound or that thought. Um, those are those are kind of where our attention naturally goes. We've been trained for our t- attention to go to specific experience. You know, that's that's what we've been conditioned to very much. I think we are less familiar and comfortable with being with more diffuse senses of agitation or kind of a sense of, you know, um, there's a lot of different experiences along these lines. It might be a sleepiness. It might be a restlessness. Um, could be a kind of a spacing out quality of the mind. And so these, these more broad experiences we're not as familiar with being mindful of. And so that's useful to, to begin to see if you can take in. So you're noticing, you're notice, you know that that aversion is there, but it sounds like you weren't quite really landing with, oh, that's what's happening, this agitation is what's happening. And I don't like this agitation, you know, so there, there's the aversion there also. But, but there, the, um, I think you were recognizing the aversion without recognizing really so clearly that the, the, the more global quality of that agitation. Um, so these objects, these experiences more, I think they more have, they can kind of have more of a diffuse quality. You know, it's not like you can put your finger on, this is where the agitation is felt, right? It's all, it's everywhere. And, and sometimes it just feels like, whoa, chaotic or something. And so, you know, just like, can you step back and, and take in, wow, this is, the, this is what it's like to have this agitation. And not, not worry about landing so precisely on any one thing. This is a, this is a learning that because we are not so familiar with being with these diffuse objects. And there's a lot of these diffuse experiences. I, I, the word object I use, um, it's equivalent to experience, basically. So when I say object, I mean some experience. Um, so the, there's a lot of these diffuse kinds of experiences that happen in our lives, in our minds, but we're not usually so aware of them. Sometimes they're in that kind of background or kind of below the surface. We kind of know them, but we don't really know them. So the, the, that exploration of like opening to, and sometimes it feels to me kind of like stepping back or broadening the, 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 the lens of mindfulness. This is a skill that we learn in, this, um, in meditation practice. We learn to touch into this more broad, diffuse kind of experience. And so that's one piece of that, is you might be able to touch into that, that broader quality. And when you really touch into it, it will probably feel very, very unpleasant. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, can, it might just have a, a, a very diffuse kind of shooting, um, you know, kind of like feeling through your, your system here. And, you know, can you know that? 
And then can you know your relationship to it? Okay, this is happening and I don't like it. If, again, if you, if you can touch into that even for a moment, that will help you to be able to hold these more diffuse experiences without having the kind of subconscious reactivity that we have to them. You know, when they happen, when these more diffuse experiences happen, we tend to just be responding to them, reacting to them, without being so clear about what's actually going on and what it's connected to. So, okay, so there's this, this agitation happening. And can I just be with that? Can I know that? And, and I sometimes have this feeling of a really broad sense of holding something. Again, not very precise, not like these specific experiences, but a very broad experience. If when you check into that and you notice, wow, that's really hard to be with, then I would pick something a little more precise, as I I suggested a moment before. Pick something that you're comfortable being with for a period of time. Um, You know, just to let yourself ground and settle a little bit. Maybe go back to relaxation of body at the, you know, what we did at the beginning. Just let yourself relax a little bit. And uh, let's say one more. Good morning. Good My morning. name is Robert. Um, the, the, the practice that you're, you're kind of explaining sounds to me, or the way I'm interpreting it, is that in, in a sense you're, you're looking for the, the spaces between the active mind and kind of mindlessness, if you will. Of, of quiet when the mind is not engaged and then trying to rest in that quietness between the thoughts? I would say that may be one experience that happens as a result of this practice. It isn't the only one that happens as a result of this practice. So that's, I mean, that, that's, I wouldn't say that's the aim I mean, the aim of this practice is gaining understanding of how your mind functions, how it gets caught in greed, aversion, delusion, what the, how it can support conditions for, for non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion, to move towards freedom. So the, the quietude that can happen with this practice um, isn't necessarily the point, um, although the, you know, the kind of that, the stillness of mind um, without reactivity. So we, we move into that place of the mind being still and not, and, and everything's okay. You know, so that kind of um, mindfulness is continuing and the, the wise relationship is established. When that uh, happens, then the learning begins to happen. So that's, we're, we're kind of uh, looking to establish Mindfulness with a wise attitude. That's, and then the, the, the mind begins to learn and understand how it functions. Can you speak a little bit more to that learning aspect? Because it sounds um, like the mind gets engaged somehow. It does. <laughs> um, so the learning aspect. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about this very simply right now. Um, so as our mindfulness gets stronger, um, as there's a more continuity of mindfulness, um, when we are aware, 
we begin to recognize and understand. So you see, for instance, okay, yep, there's this happening and I don't like it. So you, that, that, that that's happening, but the mind can be okay with that. So there's, there's some unpleasant thing happening and the mind has aversion to it. So we see that happening and the mind can be okay with seeing that happening. And what the, the, our understanding around that grows that the, uh, the unpleasantness is one thing, the aversion is another thing, and the aversion can get stronger and weaker in this experience. And we begin to see that when the aversion is stronger, the whole experience is more painful and the mind learns, essentially recognizes that it, it is doing the aversion. You know, the, 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 the uh, unpleasantness is a, something that will just happen. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, that will happen to us in our, in our experience. The relationship to it is something the mind has been conditioned to do. Um, and, and, the, and it is habitually conditioned, and we're not usually so aware of that. We're not usually so aware, for instance, of aversion. We are more interested in how do I get rid of this thing that I'm averse to. And so the, the mind is not really getting the information that aversion itself, when experienced in the moment, is painful and increases it's like it's like it's like it it amps up the unpleasantness when there's aversion with it so we see that with mindfulness we see that when the aversion is strong the unpleasantness is stronger when the aversion is weaker oh the the unpleasantness is is not as strong so usually when we are engaged uh, without the awareness without mindfulness when aversion is happening we are buying into its story that if i get rid of this thing if i figure out how to get rid of this unpleasant experience then i'll be okay and so that that mind of um you know buying into the aversion is not actually recognizing that the aversion itself is already painful that the aversion is contributing to the difficulty of our system the difficulty of what we're experiencing and so as the mind mind begins to be mindful of both the unpleasantness and the aversion it begins to understand how the aversion contributes to the unpleasantness how the aversion contributes to the pain and the mind seeing that because that uh, aversion is something the mind itself is doing the mind begins to having seen that that adds to the pain this kind of natural movement towards well-being the mind begins to find another way to relate to experience it is it is not it sounds kind of um you know magical in a way but it's very it's very congruent with what's our system how our systems function this natural movement towards well-being and then being aware of what's happening in the moment, which we are not usually aware of, especially in relationship to greed, aversion, delusion. And so essentially what mindfulness is doing is giving us the education of how greed, aversion, delusion feel in the moment. And our mind begins to recognize, well, that's not so helpful. And it begins to change course. Yeah. So that's a, that's a quick... <laughs> summary of that <laughs> one way one way the learning can happen there there are others <laughs> so um i want to offer some um guidance around the walking we'll take a walk in just a moment
um, the instructions in the walking are just the same as the instructions in the sitting. Relax. Recognize that we're aware. And notice what awareness is aware of. From time to time, checking the relationship to experience. So the... um, Find some notes, make sure I get everything. So the same basic instructions, but I'll say a few words to support this. Um, At one point in one of my group group practice discussions with Saira Utejaniya, one of the other people in the practice discussion asked him, how do you practice walking meditation? And his response to that was, I don't practice walking meditation. I practice awareness while walking. And that's the whole emphasis of this practice in general. We practice awareness while walking. We practice awareness while sitting. We practice awareness while eating. We practice awareness while living, while driving, while washing dishes, while having conversation. We practice awareness. And so what does it mean to practice awareness while walking? It means that you are aware of what's happening while walking is happening. This is the experience of walking. So uh, I'll, take, I'll take through each of the steps a little bit. So the relaxation, starting with relaxation, it can be helpful to begin... Um, in, in the sitting practice, we consciously relaxed the body, the muscles of the body in this way. In the walking practice, um, it can be helpful to just start by finding a pace that feels comfortable. That can be a way into relaxation. So just find the pace, whatever pace feels most comfortable for you walking. And again, I want to encourage you to take a walk. I think the weather's supposed to be nice for the rest of the day. Um, So just taking a walk and finding a pace that feels comfortable for taking a walk. It may be a little bit slower. It may be a little faster. You could experiment a little bit with the pace until you kind of find a pace that, oh yeah, this pace feels good right now. This itself is a little bit of, of mindfulness. You're checking in what pace feels most comfortable, most easeful for you so that you're you know, there's actually a kind of a pace of movement where the mindfulness can kind of connect most easily. So playing with the pace for the first couple minutes, finding a pace that feels comfortable, and then you just check in. Am I aware? And what am I aware of? Aware of what? Now, in walking, in sitting, we're not, we don't have our eyes open, and we're kind of secluded a little bit from sounds in here. Um, and so we may be more aware of body sensations and what's happening internally. When we're walking, there's more of the external that we're aware of. So we are aware of sights and sounds, a lot aware of sights and sounds. And so this is a big t- terrain of the awareness practice when we're taking a walk. So we're not focusing on the feet. In, in a typical a day long, often we, we, we take in the walking practice, our object of attention, the, the contact of the feet with the ground. We are not focusing on our feet. There might be times when that becomes obvious. But 
just whatever becomes obvious moment to moment oh this is what this is what's obvious a place to play with this to begin because in the walking there's a lot you know our our mind will typically wander particularly out of out the eye door or the ear door we hear something and we start thinking about it we see something and we start thinking about it and often that movement begins when our attention is pulled to something so we are taking a walk and we hear a, a loud motorcycle and phew, our attention goes right there. It's like, I didn't choose to do that. That was the natural response of the system that the attention went there. If we don't notice that the attention goes there, it's very likely that the mind will wander from that place. We'll start thinking about motorcycles. We'll start thinking about the person on the motorcycle. We'll start thinking, having ideas about what kind of person is on the motorcycle. <laughs> So if we can notice that the attention shifts, oh, hearing a motorcycle, that's a way that we can keep our attention present and maybe not follow it in that uh, habitual way of thinking about things. And so in the walking, one thing I like to encourage a kind of exploration around is um, just seeing if you might begin to recognize the difference between seeing and looking and hearing and listening. We might, when we're walking, start, and visual field is probably going to be pretty strong, and it's fine. You know, you can just know, oh, seeing. Seeing is what's happening. And, and being curious about that. It's like, what's it like to see while walking? Just very simply, what's it like to see while walking? You know, sometimes it can just feel like there's this flow of, of like, it's like, like your eyes are almost a camera and it's moving through space. And you can just see this kind of, just this just seeing. Seeing is happening. And then sometimes what will happen in that field of just like taking in the visual field in this way um, the attention will be drawn to something. Might be um, a leaf falls or a bird flies across your path. When there's movement and color, color differential, the mind is often drawn to that very automatically. It's not that you decided to do it. It's your system out of conditioning, out of learning has learned to pay attention when things move. And this is very human. This is a human conditioning. Babies do this. Animals do this. You know, attend to something that's moving or something that's a different color. And so when you notice the attention is pulled to something, just know that. Oh, looking is happening. So you're walking down the 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 sidewalk and you're seeing seeing maybe maybe hearing kind of the ambient sounds and then suddenly there's a you the walking takes you past a place where there's this bright color on a bush and immediately you're looking at it it's like okay know that you're looking you do not have to not look but know that you're looking if you don't know that movement 
from seeing to looking. You might just immediately, because this is our habit of mind, immediately look at it, see it, recognize, oh, that's a, a flower. What kind of a flower is it? And wow, that's a beautiful flower. And where can I buy one of those? And again, we're off. So the, the, if we can notice when the attention shifts, so this is really, this, the practice that I'm describing now is really a, that following of the attention. When the attention shifts from one thing to another. And sometimes it may be more receptive. It may be in the seeing. Seeing is happening. And then, oh, looking is happening. And, and it's fine. You can look for a little while and then, and then maybe the mind goes back to seeing. Or maybe something else happens. A sound happens. And then we're listening. So just seeing if you can know this shifting of the attention. This is a great opportunity, particularly with seeing and looking, hearing and listening in the walking practice. And again, from time to time, occasionally check the relationship to experience. Liking what's happening, not liking what's happening, confused, or this is okay. Or maybe in the okayness, a kind of sense of ease or delight or peace or happiness. You know, these, these, the, the quality of the mind when it is okay with what's happening, there's many flavors of that. And so, oh, okay with what's happening. And, oh, it feels like delight. Or it feels like peace or calm. So just taking in that, if you, if you find yourself in a place where oh, the mind is okay with what's happening. So we have about um, half an hour for this. So we'll come back at 10 of 12. Um, Enjoy your walk.